everybody. Praise the Lord. Glad to be with you this morning and glad to get together and worship the Lord and praise God. And now the good part, we get to feed on the Word of God and be encouraged and edified and strengthened. A couple of uh, things I want to just follow up on. Uh, we will no longer be having a nine o'clock Sunday morning service. Um, now, now all the people are clapping are the people who are up here and have to get here at eight o'clock for a nine o'clock service. That's, that's who's clapping right now. <clears throat> because it, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say that we, we made the nine o'clock service um, really in order to accommodate um, and to, or to try to be as accommodating as possible. Hmm. For those who, <clears throat> you know, I know there are some people who just have a hard time being in church till 12.30 in the morning on Sunday and that just, so we get it, I get it. <clears throat> but um, it just requires a whole lot from a whole lot of people. And uh, <clears throat> so we're gonna suspend that. We're gonna go to 10.30 service only and then <clears throat> what we're talking about is um, when we get to the new year, 2024, we will shift to a 10 o'clock service. And that's probably what's on the rise. Lois, you don't look happy. Are you, are you happy? You like the 10 o'clocker? Okay, how many like the 10 o'clock idea? Okay, I see some hands there, all right. Okay, good. So that's what's happening, that's what's up. And so um, <clears throat> that will be coming, well, 10.30 will be only 10.30 services from here on out. Uh, also, <clears throat> Next week, we're having um, a baptism service. I don't have anybody at the moment who's signed up for baptism, <clears throat> and I'm not looking to just sign people up to sign people up, but if you haven't been baptized as an adult of your own volition, you really have not been baptized in a biblical fashion, okay? Uh, in the Bible, no children are baptized, but in the Bible, adults are baptized once they have a confession of new life in Christ. That's what baptism is all about. And so it is a way in which a person who has found the life of Christ, found the new birth, has awakened unto the reality of who Jesus is, awakened, awakened unto the reality of what the Word of God is presenting and what the great plan of salvation is, and that they now believe that they are a part of that. That's really what a person is testifying to when they get baptized, because they are, they are simply saying, it, it is... A, it is an ordinance in the church by which something that is invisible and not discernible can be testified to. In other words, God doesn't want anything just to be out there in the ether, just to be an abstract feeling. This thing of the new birth is a real thing. It is a real birth of the Spirit. And if it has happened to you, how many know that it has happened to you? <clears throat> Raise your hand if you know that you've been born of the Spirit. Okay, so if you know that you've been born of the Spirit, you know that something deeply personal has happened to you and that you have begun to enter into a relationship with the Almighty God who has <clears throat> made provision for that and made a provision whereby you can be saved. So if you've not been baptized up to this point as an adult, uh, you can sign up. There's probably, is there a table out there or someplace? No? Online? Yeah, okay, so you can sign up online <clears throat> and support. Now, if, if no one signs up, we're going to have a, a service um, back there at our house next week. And it's kind of like a let's get to know each other service. So many new folks, new faces, great to have new people coming by and, and all of that. And so we just want to take a, have an opportunity to kind of get together. Um, the pool will be open. You can go swimming if you want to. Uh, again, you want to wear something appropriate. 
And, uh, but we'd love to have you there. We'll, we'll have some food, and we'll just kind of hang out and enjoy the day together and have some fun together and get to know each other. How about that? Okay, so that's what we're going to do next week. But if you really want to sweeten that up, you'd get baptized first if you haven't been baptized. Then, then it'll be party time. It'll be celebration time. Okay, <clears throat> I think I can find some other place for these now, and we can get into. If you remember last week... We got started with a teaching, and the title for the message is The Five Kinds of Fools, okay? And uh, so we're going to go back to this, uh, because unfortunately, our Hebrew, uh, our English word fool, which is used in a number of different places in, uh, in Scripture, um, is only, only giving us that one look. But the word fool is actually five different words in the book of Proverbs. And uh, it really speaks about a progression of foolishness or a tendency. Um, Scripture says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. That's what the Bible says. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Okay, God is, there, there, there's no ambiguity, ambiguity about this matter, that God, that it is essential that we correct foolishness in our children because it's in there. It comes with the package. It's, and you know that, right? And the word, in that particular word, that, foolish, that word foolishness is like churlishness or devilishness or mischievousness mischievousness that that that's the connotation of that word foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction will drive it far from we are we're all born fools that's it that's really the truth and in order to spare ourselves from going down the road to becoming even more of a fool or to get off of the road that the fools are walking and to get on the road, because there's, again, if I don't get off that road, foolishness will increase. You can see it to some degree presented in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay, there's a starting point. Starts listening to bad advice or worldly advice or ungodly advice, or he just starts, the, the world's got his ear. Okay, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, okay, so now not only am I hearing it, now I'm kind of hanging out. I'm standing, I'm listening, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the scene. Or sits in the seat of the scornful. Ah, now, I have <clears throat> settled into the seat of the scornful, and sc- the scorner is one of these five kinds of fools. So here's a person who starts off by listening to bad advice, worldly advice, listening to friends and and sources of information which uh, contradict the Bible, is um, becoming interested and enticed by all of that, uh, and the relationship with God is, um, is going south. <clears throat> and so, um, so there's, there's progression in all of this. And so we want to get into uh, this. The five types of fools are simple, silly, sensual. Did I put them up here? All right, study in Proverbs. Let's see what we got here. Ah, oh, one thing, we, we got to figure out a way to actually do this. I think that's got to be the, whatever elder is going to lead us after worship, we will, we will do our um, scripture. Are you, can you get that up for us, Danny, without a great deal of hassle? All right, why don't we stand together? <clears throat>
and quote our creed. I just like to keep this alive and keep it going. I think this is important that we declare who we are and what we, what we believe together. <clears throat> All right, here we go. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who together with the Father and Son is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> All right, now while, well, while you're standing, we will... Okay, we want to... Uh, okay, we can shift that back over... To me, oops, there we go. And we'll look at our, our proverbs that we've been working off of, and uh, let's, <clears throat> let's read this together, shall we? These are the proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Whoops. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have given to us and made available. Thank you for this great place. Thank you for every life that's in this room. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives right now. Thank you for the great gift of salvation. Freely, you have made available to us um, 
a gift that we could never have been worthy of, never have earned, never have deserved. So we thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your love, and your forgiveness. Bless our time, we pray this morning. As we get into your word, may you t- I pray you'll take it and just cause it to, to penetrate deep down into, the, into our spirit and where, where it will reside and where it will bring forth some wonderful fruit for your glory and for your namesake. So we thank you for, what you, for, for this place and for all that you've got done. Bless our time together this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Mm. So, <clears throat> five kinds of fools. Now, last week, I think we, had, we just kind of jumped in and we learned about the first type of fool, um, and the first kind of fool, let's see, is the simple fool. Oh, that's why I, I knew I had them there someplace. Okay, so here are the five kinds of fools. The simple fool, the silly fool, the sensual fool, the scorning fool, and the steadfast fool. Now, if you find yourself... Or things, you know, if you find yourself being depicted in any of these different areas, it's wise to, uh, to wake up to that and realize that, hey, I'm on a road that is going to take me further and further into danger. That is the one thing that all fools fail to understand. That um, there is going to be an outcome to your life. I find this amazing that, that people fail to, uh, to take this into, into full consideration. I really do. I feel like from the time that I got saved, this is, a, maybe you'll think this is a weird thing for me to say. But I think from the time I got saved, I have lived every day with the realization that I'm going to die. And it's not morbid. It's just true. It's just real. And when I die, I have an appointment. It is appointed unto Pastor Steve once to die. And after this, the judgment. And I'm going to then stand before Jesus Christ. And and he's going to ask of me an account for my life. And I want to give that account in such a way that I walk into that. He says, you know, don't, don't lay up treasures for yourself down here. Lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. Down here, your treasures might get stolen. Down here, your treasures might... Um, be subject to rusting away and all the things, which, which happens to all the things in this world, right? But he says, lay up your treasures up in heaven where, where nothing like that happens. And I'm looking, to be honest, I'm looking forward to that day. Now, I don't want to die. I don't have a morbid attitude. Matter of fact, I'm pretty happy being alive, and I'm excited about what's, what God is doing and what he's doing here and what he's, what he's doing in our lives and all that. But it, to my way of thinking, you need to live like that all the time. We need to be living all, life is not to squander. And so many people are squandering life. And then looking around and watching our culture and watching how our culture is approaching like deep foolishness, deep, steadfast, scorning foolishness. Nobody gets arrested. You get arrested, nobody gets punished, okay? So saying before, that verse of scripture from the Proverbs, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from them. So that means you should beat your children, right? No, no. But it means your children must be disciplined, and it has to happen. My, my son is here today. So can I embarrass you a little bit, Stevie? 
Okay, so, you know, I, do you have any choice in this matter now at this point? No, right? But when Stevie was a little guy, you know, when, when your kids are little and they do something wrong, maybe you give them a little tap, a little paddle, something like that, and you kind of let them know that they're, you know, they're doing whatever wrong, you know? And I remember one time, it was probably, maybe you were three or something like that, and you had really pushed it. You were like, and I thought, okay. So we brought in the, the little paddle that we had, and we had to, like, drop the pants. And I said, okay, pal, you know, I really... And, and it's got to be done in great gentleness. The, the key is get the anger out. Okay? If there's anger built into the discipline of our children, we're failing. We have to get the anger out and speak reasonably and softly and teach and explain. Explain. So anyway... With Stevie, right? So I had, I had paddled him a time or two before, but never, so I just went, I gave him a whack. Pop! And man, you know, he was like on the bed like that, and pop, he went, that hurt me. I said, hey, no, pal. That's what daddy has to do, because you have to learn this important, I don't know why I'm going off on this whole thing, but it's just, a, it, it's important, a big part of what gets this fool problem straightened out is correction. That's the thing that fools fail to understand, that there's a cause and effect sequence in life, and unless something happens, that person will cycle back into foolishness, foolishness, foolishness. Isn't that, isn't that true, Jay? Like for people who are criminals and people who are like always looking for trouble, out there looking for trouble, right? it's the same people over and over again, just going into worse and worse and worse things. And so anyway, we want to make sure that we're not on the track of fools. And the very first one is the simple fool. And again, the, the simple fool fails to realize that there is going to be an outcome for your life. The, the desired outcome, let me tell you, is Jesus himself looking you in the face and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's what we're looking forward to. Right? And then we will walk into a, a setting which will only get greater and greater. This is our future, everybody. Maybe over here, I don't know, there might be some live people over here in this. <laughs> right? But this, this, is, this is our future. This is, this is everything, or it's nothing. Right? That's, it's, it, it isn't, but it, you can't be ambiguous about this. That's the thing. You, you can't be naive or half-hearted or what have you, it is, it, I think it's all for Jesus. All for Jesus all the time. All right, so the controls for the outcome of your life really are in your hands. You can make the difference, and, you, and, and you'll see throughout this thing, uh, without, throughout this study, throughout this um, uh, book of Proverbs, um, over and over again, it will just simply be talking to us about the reality of what kinds of foolish behavior we can uh, get ourselves into. All right, so let's, we'll go on with the simple fool. Okay, the simple fool, the, the Hebrew word for simple fool is pethi. Okay, the simple, here's a, a, a description of that. The simple fool is described by the Hebrew word pethi, meaning a stupid mule or a fool who is easily persuaded by flattery, delusion, deception, and enticement. He's ready to believe almost anything, and he exhibits great gullibility. Um, this is non-generic, by the way, too. This, that can be a he or a she. 
He believes gossip, slander, and false teaching and hates academic discipline. If you, if you want an image in your mind of the simple fool, just think of a teenager. <laughs> now, I don't say that to be ugly to teenagers. It's just, it's just real. It's just what happens. We get into that phase of life where we just think we know everything. You know, no, nobody can tell you nothing you know, and, and you don't want to hear anything, and nobody can correct. And, and, and to a certain degree, that is a necessary place to go through in this world, right? Because part of growing up is learning to be independent. And part of learning to be independent is to make one's decisions for oneself and all of that. But there's just danger there. And that's what scripture is warning. There's, a, there's danger in a foolish attitude. The, the teenager is a dangerous mixture of immaturity, intense curiosity, and char- characteristic gullibility. That's essentially the mindset of the average teenager. A dangerous mixture of immaturity. Now, that's not every teenager. There are some teenagers that are very sharp and they're wise and they're, they know where they're going and they're putting down roots and, they're, and they're, they're living wisely and that's good. But there's a lot that aren't. Oops. So, um, <clears throat> the word pethy ex- implies extreme vulnerability literally meaning to be opened up. The simple fool is open-minded to any passing thought and opens his arms to any passing stranger. Here are a few verses of Scripture where this uh, verse is featured. We have the, uh, the, the um, person in the first chapter of Proverbs who is, is the personification of wisdom. And this personification of wisdom speaks to the ongoing passers-by and says, how long, O naive or pethy ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. The simple fool lacks the capacity for analysis. He lacks the capacity for discernment. It is discernment primarily that is lacking in a uh, simple fool. So with, this, with an oversimplistic view of life and failing to recognize the cause and effect sequences, uh, the simple fool tends to just blunder into one thing after another because they just are not aware of the fact that bad things can happen. Here's a, oh, did we just? Sorry, everybody, I'm kind of good. Oh, okay. Here we go. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Okay, so here's the person who just doesn't see um, the possibility of danger in some activity, in some friendship, in some association that they have, and so they fail to recognize that, that, that life is dangerous, and they just simply go forward and and are punished or are hurt or are damaged or are wounded by the foolish behavior. Um, A simple fool is especially vulnerable to sexual seduction, failing to discern the the irreversible damage that can happen through moral failure. Oh, have we seen this one up close and personal? And you probably have too. so, so I, I feel today that it's kind of my job just to stand up in a, in a world that has gone sexually crazy, okay? It is necessary for us to be warned 
that the area of sexuality is a particular danger for the, for the um, simple fool. And there's a whole passage in Proverbs that I want to go through with you. It's kind of long, but it's a whole passage which, in which Solomon is looking down and checking out and realizes that there, there is a young person that's on the prowl down there and he knows what's going on and, he's, and he is recognizing the danger. So we want to, I want to take us into that for a moment because uh, the simple fool is especially vulnerable to sexual seduction. So here's the, okay. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice and I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. Mm. Passing along the street near her corner, he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, uh, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. Oh, there we go. I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bread with myrrh, my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him, and he will come home at the appointed day. So the encounter happens. He meets up with what he's looking for, which is a uh, girl in the red light district, and things are moving forward. And so here's how it finishes up. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her past, for she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Now, of course, today no one needs to go down to the red light district anywhere because you have all of that on your, on your computer. And, and, and what this passage is telling us is that all of this sexual sin and the, and the fact that it's being like we're being flooded with it, inundated with it everywhere, just is that much more reason why we've got to like be serious about avoiding sexual sin because sexual sin is the way to hell. It is the way to destruction. It is the way to the deepest damage of your life. And so it's important all the time. And of course, as young men, particularly vulnerable to this thing, so the whole scene there that is, is depicted, it is a particular problem. Pornography is a gigantic problem. It is, a, why? Why? I haven't really, haven't really spoken on this. Why is pornography a problem? Big deal. I get on my computer, I look at some images, I see some stuff that I like, all right, I'm, that's it, right? No, pornography 
corrupts the entire idea of the most beautiful thing that God has ever given. The most beautiful thing, the most incredible thing that we can do is make people. Isn't it true? I mean, we can make great, you know, there's all technology and things that we make, buildings we build and things that we, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we can do some great stuff there, but there's nothing you can make like a human being. And, and the human mind is so far ahead of even the greatest computer that there's, you know, there's no comparison. But pornography will corrupt the beautiful gift that God has given. Here's a gift, here's a beautiful gift. Now, it's important that we would all hear and know as well that there is one setting for sexuality. One, a man and a woman who are committed to one another for life. Every other form of sexuality is forbidden and condemned by God. You say, well, how about if people love each other? I, I remember hearing that one time. You know, someone was saying, um, why should it matter who, who you love? And I thought to myself, I love a lot of people. I have sexuality with one, one person in this world. I love you all. But I happen to have a wife. Anyway, I'm just simply saying that this this sexual immorality thing that is all around us, flooding everywhere, that is on everywhere on your computer, and, and you know the danger of it, or at least I hope you know the danger of it. I know the danger of it. I know how, how controlling and captivating it can be. I know how, it, how, how, how strong the pull is for young men to, to be enticed into looking at pornography, but don't do it. Control yourself, restrict yourself, find something else to do because it is damaging. Anyway, that's just, I felt like we can't get into this subject or this whole story with this young man who is walking down this bad road and Solomon's looking at him and he's checking him out and he's realizing you are in for trouble, buddy. You are going down a bad road. Now, of course, he, anyway. <clears throat> so in, um, the simple fool is particularly vulnerable to sexual excitement, not realizing the danger that lurks. Okay, Proverbs offers some instruction for the simple fool. <clears throat> it starts right off at the beginning of it. <clears throat> These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. That's why it is important and wise for you to be taking this in all the time, for, to be reading this and to be ingesting it and actually take it into your spirit. <clears throat> because these Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Learning God's word will give understanding and wisdom to the simple fool. Here's a couple of passages which uh, support that idea. Proverbs, or uh, Psalm 19 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So we're back to pethi. The, the simple person can be made wise, but the wisdom will come through the word of God. Here's another passage found in the, uh, in the Psalms. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Now, one final um, reality having to do with simple fools, and we'll look at one more passage of scripture. Simple fools tend to, they are followers, 
and not leaders by nature. So they look for someone to kind of be a leader and are often attracted to the person who's a little more on the wild side. But when the simple fool sees the, the, the more advanced fool get in trouble and when consequences come for bad behavior, this will serve to wake up Another person, the simple fool, who hasn't really gotten that far into things, but realizes uh, is now seeing the danger actually being lived out. Here's what uh, Scripture says. Smite a scorner, and the simple, pethy, will beware. And so what, what, now here, again, this brings me back to this whole idea of where we're at as a culture right now. Don't punish anybody. Don't send anybody to jail. No bail is required. No matter what you do wrong, you're back out. It's insane. It is utterly, completely. But that's what we are doing. As we abandon the word of God, it's, um, it's just like what it says in the book of Judges. In those days, there was no king in Israel. and Every man just did that which was right in his own eyes. That's what we're doing. We are doing what we think is right in our own eyes, and it's a disaster. And we see what our cities look like, and we see what our culture looks like, and we see what our youth looks like, and it's, it's a terrible thing, but it doesn't have to happen to you. Hallelujah. Can I get a pr- amen out of that? All right. So that's the simple fool. Now let's move forward. The next fool that we want to look at is the silly fool. Now, the word silly... Probably not the best choice of word, but it's self, um, the silly fool is silly in this flirtatious kind of a way. The silly fool is, is making suggestions, but I was just kidding. I didn't really mean it. Not, never, like, not really taking full responsibility for, the, uh, they're the jokester, they're the prankster. There's a, oh, I won't get into that. Okay. Let me, let's define it. The Hebrew word that refers to a silly fool is evil, evil. The word means to be perverse or to be one who is without aim or counsel. The evil fool despises wisdom and instruction. He's full of arrogance, self-justification when confronted with truth. He is easy to spot because his brain has stopped thinking, but his tongue is in high gear. In fact, the only way he can appear wise is to keep his mouth shut. As soon as it is opened, his foolishness is revealed. The avil fool is the one who has morally missed the mark, who has rejected parental authority, has rejected authority um, in general. The word literally means to be thick, like to be thick-headed or stupid or dumb. And the big problem with the, with the silly fool is that they are absolutely sure that they are right. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. It is useless to argue with a silly fool because the only way the silly fool will learn is by discipline, correction, and punishment. That's the only way that, the, that their, um, their direction will be interrupted, by discipline, correction, and uh, and punishment. A silly fool believes that his own way of thinking is right. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. The mouth of a silly fool often gets them in trouble. They tend to just ne- um, always, always to have a, a, a smart response. 
Uh, wise men lay, oops. Wise men or wise people lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish or the avil um, is near destruction. And then another uh, a final um, passage with this particular uh, word for fool. It is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. When things go wrong for a silly fool, he becomes angry, resulting in more damage. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool or an avil's wrath Avil's wrath is heavier than both. Heavier than them both, I'm sorry. So much that he reacts to the instruction. And we're back to this fundamental verse of scripture. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, uh, but fools despise wisdom and correction. So argument, persuasion, advice from well-meaning friends um, are the first, first line of defense, <clears throat> but probably if a person has progressed from a... Uh, um, a simple fool to a silly fool, they are, going, they are heading for some sort of correction. Of course, unless they live in America where nobody gets corrected anymore. All right. I don't know if we want to go further into this. All right, we'll, we'll take this just a little bit further. I don't know if I worked all of this out. Okay, then the third kind of fool is the sensual fool. Okay. <clears throat> The Hebrew word kesil is the word for a sensual fool. It means stupid, complacent, or silly. Okay, this Hebrew word <clears throat> literally means that the loins and flanks of a person are so crowded by fat that they are dull, inactive, and passive. The stubborn fool cannot cope effectively with authority in business or in a local church for any great length of time. In fact, he thinks he should be an authority himself, although he has absolutely no capacity for it. The simple fool is, is, does not have a problem. The, the problem with the simple fool is they have rejected God's wisdom. They have rejected God's, God's pattern, God's way of living. To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. A sensual fool is unreasonable. His mouth gets him in trouble. Here's uh, another passage. A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Um, so now we have like a further, a deeper degree of foolishness. So we have the simple fool, then we have the silly fool. Um, and now we have the sensual fool. This is a person who has made the choice to go into those things that are going to be physically exciting, physically electric, physically alluring and enticing, but going down that road it is nothing but danger. But you can see how it has progressed, starting with the person who just doesn't see the danger coming, and then they go a little bit further by just being kind of naive and foolish and take some chances and then this is a more entrenched level of foolishness where this person is not open to correction they have rejected god's ways and i hope that that's not you but as we bring this message to uh, a conclusion this morning and there there are, there are two more that we will look at next week um the scorning fool and the steadfast fool okay which are like the deepest level of entrenchment that a person can find themselves in where they are just clenched fist angry resenting god it is like the psalm 2 picture you know why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing the kings of the earth set themselves the rulers take counsel together 
against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, let us break their bands from us and cast their cords away from us. Okay, the Psalm 2 is picturing the conspiracy of, of human rebellion on planet Earth, shaking their fist at God and saying, we'll have nothing to do with you. But that way is the way of destruction. That is the path to destruction. And if you are on it today, I want to encourage you to get off of it, and you can get off the path of destruction by simply offering your life, offering your ways back to the Lord who loves you, and wants to help you to direct your life into a way that when you do get to the end of this road, you will see Jesus and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant, come on in. And then you will enter into your treasures that you have laid up in heaven, which will be there, yours forever. What could those treasures possibly be? They're probably people, do you think? The treasures that we will have in heaven will be people that we helped to get there. We were talking about this at the end of service, uh, or at the end of our rehearsal the other night. But down here in this world, we all come into it, and the basic feeling is, I didn't ask to be born, especially when it goes south, right? Especially when it gets bad, especially when it's hard. The, the attitude is, I didn't ask to be born. Why am I here? Why, why me? Why does this happen to me? In heaven, the exact opposite will be, okay? I don't do, we will say in heaven, I never deserve to be here. I ought not to be here. I'm here because of what he has done for me, and I'm here because of what others have done together for me and with me. We will, it will be entirely different attitude. No one will have that kind of attitude. Of, of it, it'll, it'll be that attitude flipped on its head to the good. So that instead of feeling like, um, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask to be born. It'll be like, how in the world did I ever get here? And I, I, I need to thank everybody here because everybody here had something to do. I go find Jesus. I gotta, where's Paul? Where's Paul? I gotta find Paul. Right, but that's the way, and, and we will, and then I'll see, we'll see each other, and then the, we will see the continuity of this whole gigantic thing, and we will enter into it, and it, that's where we will be forever. And so, we don't wanna get like, we don't want to get waylaid. We don't want to get hijacked by some foolish lifestyle or foolish behavior that's going to explode and, and, and destroy. We want to walk the safe, solid, tested, old path, the, the, the wise path. We want to be on that one. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's take a moment and just commit it to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that <clears throat> your word is a lamp unto our feet. Your word shines light on this world down here to let us know what's really going on and how we can, how we can adjust our ways to conform to your way so that our life can be safe and protected and fruitful. And so, uh, Lord God, we just pray today over this crowd. And uh, I guess while our heads are bowed for a minute here, <clears throat> I'm just wondering if God's talking to anybody, like, specifically today. And because <clears throat> I'd like to pray for you if you've got a, <clears throat> well, I'm, I don't know. I know there are a number of people who are caught up in all kinds of things that fit right into this category. And what, I'm gonna, what I want to do this morning is I just want to ask God to help you to come to terms with the things that Satan is trying to accomplish in your life and reject them. 
reject them, and, and you reject them by, <clears throat> you, you fill the void of evil by filling your life with Christ, by filling your life with his word. Not filling your life with religion. Religion won't help you. Filling your life with Jesus, that will help you. Walking and walking in the presence, living in the presence of Jesus, that's what breaks the power of sin. And so, Father God, we just pray today. Uh, this world is dangerous. We're passing through it. It's got a lot of, it, it, there's, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of craziness all around us. But, Lord God, we thank you that you give us the path of truth. You, you show us the path of life. And so we thank you, Lord God, for that. We just pray these Proverbs will just continue, especially for our youngest people. I wonder if I, you know, I'd like to get all the teenagers up here. Can we do that this morning and get some folks around? We just want to pray for you guys, okay? Can I get all the teenagers up here? Or at least all the teenage, teenagers that want to serve the Lord. Come on up. <clears throat> there we go. We need to put a little prayer on these guys. We might get elders and anybody that wants to come up and just, let's lay hands on these young people because they're, they're coming up at a rough time, amen? amen? Right? They really are coming up at a rough time where there's so much confusion and there's so much error, and, there, and, and it, is, it is all being um, presented to us like with such power in terms of all the media that's available and all the stuff that is available everywhere, and, and everything is being designed to like mess these guys up, to distract them, to get them to go down some kind of bad path. And we see these young lives, and, just, and, and like it, you, it, your life is so precious. Your life is so precious to God. Think of what he gave for you. Think of what he did for you. Hung on a cross for six hours for you and me, right? That's how precious, that's how important you are. That's how important your life is. That Jesus was, was willing to hang on a cross for six hours as his life just drained out of him so that you and I could be saved, so that you and I can pass through this world, so we can pass through this world without this world destroying us, so that we can actually be victorious. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, says John, right? So that faith that has begun to be deposited in you guys, you want to build on that, you want to strengthen that. Amen? You with me? All right, good. Let's put, put your hand on somebody there. <coughs> Lord God, we thank you for all these precious young people. Everyone so precious, so, so precious in your sight. We thank you, Lord God. Young men, young men, oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank, we thank you for all the teenagers that we have in our church, oh, Lord God. And, and we thank you that so many of them are choosing to live a virtuous and good life, a wise, live a, a wise lifestyle and a <clears throat> they're working hard, they're doing school, they're taking care of business, they're doing what they need to do. We thank you, Lord God, for each one of these precious young lives. And we just pray over them, and we ask you, oh Lord, take, take charge of each life. May every life just be yielded over and surrendered to you. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would make yourself known in a radical and powerful way to all of our young people, that you would raise them up in spiritual strength and spiritual anointing, spiritual insight, giving insight to the simple. Lord, I just would pray that every young person here would be equipped with the very things that we're reading about in Proverbs and that they would be remarkably insightful. 
that, that it would be evident and obvious to the world around them, to their own families, that they're walking a different path, that they're choosing to be wise young people and avoiding and eschewing foolishness and stupidity and bad friends. That's the, the first warning that comes up. If sinners entice you, do not go along with it. They say, come on, let us lie in wait for blood. My son, my daughter, do not go along with them. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you for our young people here today. We pray, Lord God, that you will keep them. Pray that they will, they will stand firm in the faith, that they will really have a deep thing going on with Jesus our Lord, and that you will use their life, O oh Lord God, in, in such a way to stem the tide of stupidity and foolishness, and that they will be an illustration to somebody of what it means to be a wise person. Pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right.